Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up and welcome to the art of being well. I am a leading functional medicine expert. I get to consult people around the world via webcam. And I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, which is my newest book, and The Inflammation Spectrum and Ketotarian. If you want to learn more about the clinical work that we do, the telehealth center, the books, and there's lots of free resources there for you as well, you can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. And my friends, listeners of The Art of Being Well, We are giving away free signed books. You can pick anyone you want. All you have to do is head on over to Apple Podcasts, rate and review The Art of Being Well, and we will be randomly picking, no matter when you listen to this episode, every month we'll be randomly picking some winners. And you just, all you do is you could leave your Instagram handle in the review on Apple Podcasts or message me on Instagram at Dr. Will Cole saying you did the review and we'll go through the messages, we'll go through the reviews and be giving out some copies every month. So yeah. Let's make the art of being well more contagious than it already is. At this point, there's close to 3 million plus downloads, which is pretty cool in a little over a year. So it's really cool. Thank you all. I appreciate it immensely. So today's the day. Today's the day. (laughs) It is the about once a month, sometimes twice a month. We'll just kind of mix it up. We'll confuse you a little bit. (laughs) But there will be an Ask Me Anything, entire Ask Me Anything episode. So you know, at the end of every regular episode, I answer one of your health questions at the end of the interview. And then episodes like this one are devoted entirely to your health questions. So keep them coming in. All you have to do is reach out to me on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or Twitter or MySpace. Is that a thing? No, it's not, it's not <laughs> I think a thing. It's been retired. It's not a thing. We need to bring it back. Can we buy MySpace.com? <laughs> make it a functional medicine space. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Oh man. I'm here. I'm here I'm back here with the team. We have the patient team. We have Holly. She's the wizard of the front clinic. 
That was me with my wand. You guys couldn't see it, but I have my magic wand. We can see it. Yeah, we can see it. She's magical. And yeah, so we're all different parts of the clinic, and you have a behind-the-scenes view of our functional medicine telehealth center in these episodes as well. We're going to go over some studies in the scientific literature, so you can geek out in all the health science and wellness stuff. And before we get started, well, let's introduce first. So Holly's going to kick it off. Hi, everyone. I'm Holly. I oversee our front office in the clinic. So scheduling inquiries, if you're reaching out, you're talking to me, you're talking to someone on our team and we love you. Yeah. We do. We love you. Yeah. I'm Megan. I'm part of the patient team. So I'm a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. I see patients throughout the day, host initial consultations, basically helping out Dr. Cole, however he needs in a day. Oh, yeah. And I'm Emily. And I always say this. I always follow up Megan and I just say the same thing. I'm a practitioner as well here at the office. And I'm also always trying to scare Dr. Cole. So, yeah. so Holly, you're so right succeeds. there, too. I'm I the scare literally team. love it. And yeah. I have been taking videos that we are going to post for people at yeah. some yeah. point. Yeah, you mother effers get me. <laughs> There was a bad one where Dr. Cole was crawling on the floor and I heard Holly from my office four rooms away. Oh, it's like a death scare for me. Hey, I'm pretty good too. By now, I think you've learned that we have rules if you want to work here. You you can't have Mm -hmm. a peanut allergy. You have to be willing to be scared (laughs) and to scare others. And you have to watch some historical pieces with us. Yeah, speaking of that, (laughs) I hurt my foot randomly. I don't know how I did. (laughs) And I watched too many historical dramas, 18th century historical (laughs) dramas. All I can think of is them like sawing off my foot. If it gets much worse than this. In office amputations. Yeah, I just need a piece of wood to bite down on, get some laudanum. Oh, God. It's a great day to save lives. It is a great day. I really think I could. Just let me try. (laughs) Watch out with her with a knife. I'm not, not down for that. And we all just came off of, well, three out of the four of us here came off of a water right. fast. <laughs> Megan would have joined us, but you can't this time. But next time. Yes. We'll definitely, do next time. definitely next time. Definitely next time. Under the circumstances. <laughs> so we just, we did a 72-hour, three-day water fast. And I felt great to do it during the fast. Towards the end, it was a little bit rough, but I knew to end it. I was intuitively checking with my body. And what did you guys think? I got to be real. I kind of loved it. The first day I had a little bit of a headache, but, you know, added in those electrolytes and I was ready for dinner on day three. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I was grocery shopping, basically drooling, but, but I enjoyed it. I felt like I had energy. It was, it was good. Yeah, I felt the same way. I mean, I loved it. I've never done like a full water fast like that before. Yeah, I mean, obviously we've days. done, yeah, we've mm-hmm. done different type yeah. of like OMAD fasting, things yeah. like that. But I felt great. There was one point where I had a tiny little setback, but, you know, I got a little bit dizzy standing up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, sometimes you just got to listen to your body, set it right and yeah, go on your way. <laughs> exactly. People are going to be wondering why we wanted to do this. There's tons of health benefits of fasting. Go back and check previous episodes. You can read Intuitive Fasting, my book on the topic as well. And there's lots of free resources at drwilkle.com. But basically we did it for several health reasons, supporting longevity, lowering inflammation, supporting gut health. Like I could go on and on. Oh, I, I measured, I didn't tell you guys this, but I measured my fat burning state in Lumen, which is, this is not sponsored from Lumen, but I, it's a little device that it attaches th- via an app on your phone and it measures rep- respiratory rate, basically carbon dioxide. So if carbon dioxide levels are higher, it would be indicative of carbohydrate, mainly you're being in sugar burning mode. But if carbon dioxide is lower, 
it, you're in a fat burning state. And I was deeply in a fat burning state after the, on the second day and the third day. So it was cool to see. I kind of assumed that intuitively anyways, yeah. but it was cool to see the data with Lumen. And you could also get that with like a ketone uh, meter or a keto, ke even a ketone breath uh, meter, like a ketonics yeah. or something like that. So I know you guys didn't measure, but I didn't. I'm sure we were all in to. ketosis at that Dang. point. <laughs> like, next time. All right, next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. I really, I mean, I think it's, it was cool. It would be cool to do every mm -hmm. once in a while. I agree. Very cool. So yeah, we, we alternated between distilled water, spring water, salt water. We were supported very well during it. And we were not fans of the salt water. Not at all. But we made it through yeah. that. I yeah. felt but like I was drowning in, a, in, a, in the ocean. <laughs> in the Mediterranean. <laughs> but we made it through and there was benefit from it for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I said drowning in the Mediterranean. Is the Mediterranean salt water? Ooh. I don't know. You're we're good at health, can not we, freaking geographics, people. So don't at me. <laughs> Honestly, my husband's made me sit down and do the 50 states, and I'm embarrassed to say that I'm like, ooh, North Dakota, South Dakota. <laughs> this is just Dakota area. <laughs> so it looks like I'll, I'll, I'll get back to you on the Mediterranean Sea thing. I'm making this bigger. bigger. It, it is, in fact, salty. People. Okay. Perfect. Good. The water of the Mediterranean <laughs> contains more salt than the waters of the Atlantic. There so you go. my okay. analogy there you go. was on point. On I point. knew it all along. <laughs> Thank you, Google. Yeah, I was Thanks. just gonna say, Doctor Google. Doctor Google. Google. With us. <laughs> He's the best. All right, what would we do without him? Let's kick it off. Do you have one other thing? Go no, for it. I was just gonna go into the first question because Yo, really we were just gonna ask about Great. fasting. So oh, very do, perfect segue. I actually yes, didn't know that. Perfect segue. So do you recommend water fasting, and what are the benefits? You talked about it a little bit, but a little bit more in detail. Okay, cool. So I did know this is a question and we do get questions about fasting a lot. So the, hopefully I answered that already. Yeah, the answer is yes. There are caveats. Read intuitive fasting if you want some caveats. I don't think you should be fasting if you're pregnant. I don't think you should be fasting if you have an active eating disorder. And there are a lot more gentle and flexible time compressed feeding or time restricted feeding ways to intermittent fast in the day. And I intermittent fast pretty much every day, 95% of the days of my life. So the water extended fast is just different. But the question here was water fasting, right? So mm -hmm. yeah, there's a time and place for it, but it's a tool like any other. You could be used for good or really abused. So they were all medically supervised here <laughs> by me. <laughs> so it was all good. So yes, I did. it's a deeper way to really support autophagy, which is the cellular recycling, activating, supporting these anti-accelerated aging, longevity pathways, working on sirtuins and mitochondrial health. And as I mentioned, gut health as well, lowering inflammation levels, supporting BDNF, which is brain-derived neurotropic factor, making new neurons, basically supporting neuroplasticity. There's a lot of far-reaching benefits of extended fasting. So, and we work, we implement protocols like this in patients too. So this is something we do as a living for patients around the world. I just a question from me, but <laughs> like, do you feel that it's beneficial to make that a part of like, say you wanted to incorporate that X amount of like weekly or monthly, like just that more, more than one day fasting? Like, what would you recommend? I'm genuinely curious. Maybe y'all are too, but like, I enjoyed it. I felt like I had energy, but I want to know, like, is it a beneficial thing to do like weekly or, you know, like. Yeah. It depends on your baseline. Like, where are you at? Where are you at on your health journey? 
and where what are your goals? And more isn't always better, but I right. think striking a balance, and that's why I called the book Intuitive Fasting, because yeah. it's I want you to check in with your body. Or obviously for extended fast, I do recommend you working with a doctor or at least a a practitioner that's well-read and really steeped in being an expert in fasting. So yes, I think that regular water fast can be a tool. Mm -hmm. And and go back, for people that are new to this, go back and listen to the Jason Fung episode. Dr. Jason Mm -hmm. Fung, we talk about that at length. That's on the art of being well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, just just knowing your body and being in tune with your body, like you're going to be able to tell too at times when, well, man, I really feel like I need something just to like mix things up or I need something. And again, like Dr. Cole is saying, like, want to make sure that you're doing it in the best way possible, whether that's, you know, with a physician and so reading the book as well. So, but listening to your body in that, I I really think that that's such a great way that we need Mm -hmm. to get more in tune with. Right. Yeah, it humans would have done it for thousands and thousands of years intentionally and because of food yeah. availability. Right. So being more in alignment with what our genetics are is always a good idea to consider, right? Perfect Bar has a lineup of fresh from the fridge protein snacks that actually taste amazing and are good for you. That's why I'm excited to partner with Perfect Bar and share one of my favorite Go to refrigerated snacks with you. I've loved these things for years. They are made with freshly ground peanut butter. (laughs) You all know how much I love peanut butter. These things are like so good, so good. It also has organic honey, 20 organic superfoods. Perfect Bar has a variety of products like protein bars and little snack size bars too that are all so good and good for you. You are sure to find something you love. My favorite is their classic peanut butter bar. Oh my gosh. It's absolutely delicious and has become my go-to snack. Not only become, it has been my snack for years. Their protein bars have a cookie dough-like texture that's creamy and full of flavor, unlike any other bars out there. And now they come in snack size, packed with up to six grams of whole foods, protein, and 150 calories, a little goes a long way. Perfect Bar knows it will be love at first bite. So for a limited time, they're offering you a chance to try the refrigerated protein bars for free. Here's how it works. Sign up for emails or texts and upload a picture of your receipt from your local grocery store, and they'll reimburse you for the cost of one bar directly into your Venmo or PayPal account. Pretty cool, right? All you have to do is go to perfectsnacks.com slash willcole to get a free perfect bar today. That's perfectsnacks.com slash willcole to get a free perfect bar today. Happy snacking, y'all. So our second question is, and it's a four-parter, so hold on here. (laughs) What is the difference between the anti-inflammatory diet and the autoimmune diet? Is one better? How long should we follow it for? And which one is the best for leaky gut and food intolerances? It's a good one. So I remember getting this question in because at the end, this is someone in France that listens to the podcast. So bonjour. (laughs) <laughs> You're waiting for that. <laughs> yes. I'm learning French, by the way. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you are. So, no, the reason why I remember this is because she called me adorable. 
And you left that out of the question, Megan. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you, would rem- you would remember that. Yes, I do. It was oh, cemented my in my neural bathroom. The fact that I'm you sorry. just admitted this to the entire world, like. There's no shame. Some friends like call me adorable. I'll take it. All right. So the difference between anti-inflammatory diet and autoimmune diet. So here's the deal. The autoimmune diet or AIP, right, is a type of anti-inflammatory diet. So that's the, the, the nomenclature here is a confusing to the average person because we're talking about inflammation and then we're talking about AIP. Like there's many, many, many types of anti-inflammatory ways of eating. AIP or autoimmune protocol or autoimmune paleo is one type of that. And I talk about this actually in my second book in the inflammation spectrum, if you want to learn about that. And there's lots of free stuff at, on the site as well. So there are other types of other types of anti-inflammatory diet would be a Mediterranean diet or like a regular paleo diet would be another anti-inflammatory diet. A clean plant-based diet would be an anti-inflammatory diet. The carnivore protocol can be an anti-inflammatory diet. So there's many different types of anti-inflammatory diets. What we do clinically with patients is look at labs, look at someone's health history, and look at their personal preference, the science and art of wellness, what this podcast is about. And then we really curate and tailor food medicine protocols, nutrition protocols based off of that person's labs and goals and progress. And as they as they improve, as their health improves, as their labs improve, we can really work on reintroduction and bring more and more foods in to have much flexibility and grace and lightness to food. But these things can be used clinically, therapeutically for a season to whatever you're trying to do, lower inflammation. With Part of that is really supporting gut health, focusing on nutrient density to support healthy modulated immune function, right? which inflammation, of course, is the product of the immune system. Any other thoughts, patient team? I mean, you hit the nail on the head, but I would love it because I have a lot of friends and family who are like, oh, like what diet should I do? Or what diet should this person do? And I'm like, it's so much more than that. There is no one perfect diet. It has to be individualized to you, your cells, your microbiome, your genetics, and your preference too. If people hate what they're doing, it's good. That, that <laughs> yeah. shame and stress and obsession, oh, yeah. that, that re- inner benefits. resistance. Yeah. It was, increase inflammation. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's like, that's the art of it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we have to be individual thinkers for these individual patients. And we just have to make sure that we are walking them through because also it's of, for the question of how long it depends. It really, it really does on their goals and how they're feeling. Yeah. I guess that's the other part of it. How long should be, it could be anywhere between a few weeks to months. Mm -hmm. But to be honest with you, when you talk about anti-inflammatory diet, this is a lifestyle change. Yes. So it may yeah. not look as succinct and targeted as an autoimmune protocol or carnivore protocol, certainly, or a plant-based protocol. It's going to be more flexible than that. Yeah. But these are starting therapeutic points that you can build from that over time as you heal. Yeah. That's why I love the book, the Inflammation Spectrum, too, because you give different tracks for people for different levels or just even readiness that they feel that they yeah. may be able to do. And there's also the quiz too, that can give them a little bit of insight as mm-hmm. well, because that that's going to help. And, and at least gives you some starting point and guidance too. Yeah. And that quiz in the inflammation spectrum is built on, it's made, I made it from questions that we ask patients. Yeah. So it's yeah. Yeah. like a functional medicine insight into some tailoring. And that's yeah. what I say in the book, the book at the end of the inflammation spectrum, I, I say, Hey, look, there's so many variables beyond what I can put in a book. 
when you're looking at oxalates and salicylates and histamines and FODMAPs and all of these high mold foods that I could not put in one book. They needed like 15 other books. So that's where labs come in. And I always tell patients like that have read the books and they say, I read the book. Are you going to give me this protocol? Mm-hmm. And I'll say, oh, well, actually, no, I'm making your book. Mm-hmm. Like I'm writing your book, like yeah. your labs, your health yeah. history. You have your own book as a patient of mine. That's really good. Yeah. We yeah. 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 I, you, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't tell you guys that. <laughs> okay. Trademark. Oh trademark. God. Check. <laughs> well, it's, and we actually do physically give them a book. We do. <laughs> yes. We do. That works so yes. well. Yes. Yeah. That is a reminder. Food book. I love it. <laughs> it's like Wait. Awesome. Anyways. Yeah. Cool. So next question. All right. All right. So what are your thoughts on breast implants causing autoimmune issues? And is is there really a way to see if they are a culprit to your illness? Okay. So this is controversial. And if you know anything about us, we're pretty middle of the road, non-tribal, non-extreme. What's the word I'm trying to say here? Like we're not conspiracy theorist type people. So I don't want to make broad sweeping statements Holly's shaking her head like, nah. I mean, are we? But this is something that we get a lot of people asking yes. us about. This a is a very common people. question. So I want to be clear here that I don't want people with implants in at thinking it's a problem for everybody right. and everybody's like dying because they have implants in. Right. I have a nuanced position on this as I have with most things and context matters. So I do not want to be a fear monger. I do not want to be inflammatory, yeah. bad, bad pun here, but I don't want to, to put any fear in people's minds. But- We deal with the population clinically. We deal with the population of people that are struggling with different autoimmune problems. They have different methylation, SNPs or single nucleotide polymorphisms, basically gene variants, different HLA gene variants. Their body makes, they're more sensitive to different things. Their body's more prone to types of inflammation and different endocannabinoid gene variants, ECS gene variants. So the point being, this answer is best seen through the lens of bioindividuality and not making broad sweeping statements that these are bad for everybody. There was a study in the Annals of Plastic Surgery. This is a very conventional journal, right? And a leading plastic surgery journal that gave insight into breast implant illness or BII that if you look online, there are tens and tens of thousands of people that know intuitively something happened here, or I'm thinking it is like this. And it's kind of lining up that when I got these implants, I noticed more problems over time. And this study focused on 750 women who complained of fatigue, memory loss, joint and muscle pain, and other symptoms after having received breast implants. It found that as a group, the women experienced significant relief from their symptoms within 30 days of having their implants removed. So as the researchers within the study said, this plastic surgeon, he said, the data speaks for itself. So there's something there without without a doubt. But I think it's really understood through the lens of bioindividuality because how many people have higher mold on labs or yeah. they have even leaky gut syndrome or they have other environmental high glyphosate in their body and they're asymptomatic. They're completely fine. It doesn't mean those things are necessarily healthy, but the human body, many human bodies can handle a certain level of stress and be completely asymptomatic. And I put this in that same category, that that this for some people can move them further down on the inflammation spectrum and more specifically the autoimmune inflammation spectrum. Because when you look amongst the community and amongst our patient base to have noticed symptom changes whenever they get the explants, like they see it be a needle mover for them, 
it's people that have MTHFR gene variants, different HLA gene variants. They have other autoimmune problems like thyroid issues, et cetera. And this just was another source of irritation and inflammation to the immune system. What do you guys think? No, I was just going to say, I know the end of that question, you said, you know, is there really a way to see if this Mm. is the culprit to your illness? And we actually have a big question. We've had a lot of women ask us that question of like, you know, should I get these taken out? And it's, it's hard. We can't really answer that. You know, at the end of the day, we can't say yes, you should or no, you shouldn't, because we do try to take a nonpartisan view to this. You know, we want you to do what you feel is best for your body. And we want to respect whatever choice that you have. But we've also had women who said, you know what, I'm just so desperate to feel better. And I just really feel like this is the right move. And they've been really, really grateful for that too. So I think it really just depends because I, I do think that, you know, besides that removal, I mean, Dr. Cool, you may have another opinion, but I don't really know of another way to understand if this really is a you culprit. Don't know. You don't know. Yeah. And this is what I would tell patients when we go through this process. They're not normally getting explants as soon as they meet us, right? No. If they have it. No. But at some point in their journey, they are consulting a well-trained plastic surgeon that yes. does explants. For a and reason. Can, yeah. <laughs> and and they are exactly right. <laughs> yeah. And there are entire there are plastic surgeons that their entire career is just yeah. devoted towards explants and they're aware mm-hmm. of what's going on mm-hmm. with BII. Yeah. So yeah, it's it is a it is a factor for some people. And for mm-hmm. some people they get the explant and we've seen it thousands of times, right? H- hundreds of times at least, is they get the explant and it does, it is a piece of their puzzle. It's yeah. not necessarily their only it's puzzle piece, piece. Yeah. but it's a component to the contributing factor to the inflammation in the body. And then look, there are some people that get the explants and they don't notice any change from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let me yeah. be clear on this. Some people get explants and they don't notice a difference, but I've never met somebody who did that and made that decision for themselves after thinking about it and consulting with their doctor. I've met never met somebody who regretted it. Yeah, I don't think I, I they're all, they're, They say, well, it was one less variable to consider. Yep. I didn't want that in the Rolled back of out. my mind, thinking this could be a potential problem. And they just evolved out of that season of their life yeah. and they wanted to get rid of it. It yeah. was their own choice. Yeah. Even if it did noticeably cause symptom relief, I would venture to get, get guess that there, it could help with lowering just inflammation as a whole. Yeah. Even even negligibly, yeah. you know, even we, negligibly. We've seen it on labs where there's nothing else they change besides the explant. Even after a major surgery, their inflammation markers come down pretty quickly. Yeah. And, you know, patients ask us and like, well, should I do this or shouldn't I do this? And I I like to ask, and again, we, we support our patients and love them either way. But I say, are you avoiding eating off plastic? Are you avoiding silicones? Are you avoiding platinum? Because these are the things that are in your breast implants and you won't eat off of it, but you're going to put it in your body. And there's specific scientific evidence that shows these materials activate the immune system in some people. Yeah. This specific study in the annals of plastic surgery, I mentioned the fatigue, like the symptoms like chronic fatigue, joint pain, hair loss is another one, hives. They, patients were asked to rate symptoms on a scale of zero to five. The mean preoperative score was 26.19. It dropped by nearly two thirds to 9.49 after the explant. Wow. That's pretty crazy. That's significant. That's cool to see the data on it. Like I can yeah. see clinically and I can say that that is, the tr- is true for many people. Yeah. Symbiotica is a health supplement company designing sophisticated formulations that are scientifically proven to increase vitality and longevity by filling nutritional gaps that result from our modern day diet and lifestyles. High quality bioavailable ingredients and the most advanced delivery system. Symbiotics 
Symbiotica's liposomal magnesium l 3 n 8 was developed by a team of scientists at MIT, which has been shown to increase magnesium levels in the brain more than any other form of magnesium. This form of magnesium is extremely bioavailable and very effective, my friends. I see low magnesium on labs all the time, and this specific kind of magnesium, so good for your brain, for your mood, just calming. Just think of it. It's nature's chill pill. It's responsible for hundreds of different pathways in the body, supporting our parasympathetic, supporting a healthy gut-brain axis. What you can do is take their online quiz to figure out the best supplements for your specific health goals. I love what they're doing there. So all you have to do is use code WillCole on symbiotica.com for 15% off site-wide or create your own custom bundle and get up to 45% off. Again, that's symbiotica.com, C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com, symbiotica.com. Use code WillCole for 15% off. Are we jumping into Study Corner? Yes. yes. Study Corner. <laughs> <laughs> That's our fancy transition. Oh, the first time I brought a little singing yeah. voice into the podcast. I what, wish you what, do more. What's the one that you do up at the front? Holly's always singing, and she says... Sing it. <laughs> she's always like, she's always doing some concert. She's yes. like throwing it to the audience. Sing it. If you have any song requests, you can also submit yep. those as well. Yep. That'll be the next Preferably episode. throwbacks for Holly because Holly is oh awesome at the throwbacks. We, we got to tell them. We love Backstreet Boys. No, you what's, love what's Backstreet Boys. What's, what's, what's the number one Backstreet Boys song that you sing? Oh, that's hard. Backstreet's, backstreet's back. Oh, okay. my oh, God. <laughs> We love in sync. We, oh, yeah. we, we love Stop the Stop saying throat. we. <laughs> okay, come on, Dr. Cole. I can get down with You're the 90s there pop. You're there with me. Yeah, totally there. If you see some Britney, yeah, I'll be are. the we. If you see some Usher, I'm right there. Okay? Oh, my gosh. Wow, we need to have a whole podcast <laughs> devoted to these, these 90s throwbacks. Yes. 90s throwbacks. Yes. I'm down for it. Yeah, very cool. All right. To study corner. Study We're corner. here. We're now in the segment officially. <laughs> All right. So what's the first study? Everyone just looked at me. So I'm going to take this away, guys. <laughs> so this is a newer study, uh, June 7th, 2022 from Monash University, which we're very familiar with. They did a lot of work on FODMAPs, but it's showing that dietary fiber within the gut and the amount of it might have an effect on the gut skin axis and actually improve skin allergies. So what's your take mm. on that, Dr. Cole? Hmm. Yes. <laughs> Monash University, we use them quite a bit for, for you mentioned the FODMAPs. They have an app that we use for patients. You can measure fermentable sugars in different foods like onions and garlic and apples and grains and other things. For people that have SIBO, we go low FODMAP typically for a while. While we heal the gut, there's nothing wrong with high FODMAP vegetables and fruits and things like that. It's just it's even healthy things may not work for one person during their journey. Anyways, Monash University, they're the main bulk of the research that's been done in this space for people with SIBO specifically and high FODMAP, high FODMAPs and low FODMAP diets. So this study was published out of the medical journal Mucosal Immunology, and they found that this is a mice study. The mice were fed a diet high in fermentable fibers or giving them purified short-chain fatty acids, which are the end products of bacterial fermentation. 
they, what they did was label butyrate, which is one of the short chain fatty acids, and they labeled it with isotopes and tracked it in the body. And it, they found that it only took minutes to reach the skin, which is pretty crazy, minutes, yeah. where it enhanced the metabolism of the keratinocytes, which are the skin cells, priming them to mature and produce the key structural components required for a healthy skin barrier. So what we're looking at here in this study is the gut skin axis. And the skin is oftentimes an outer mirror of what's going on in the gut. So that what the researchers even proposed is that they could even topically put short chain fatty acids like butyrate on the skin, which I think is very interesting as yeah. well. So I would say, yes, from the inside out, from the outside in, we are advocates for that in many ways to, to improve the skin microbiome and the skin barrier from the outside in, and then from the inside out, really supporting the gut, gut health and the gut skin axis. So very cool. What do you guys think? BRB going to buy some butyrate right now. <laughs> we have some down the hall, guys. <laughs> Literally in our supplement room. We're a butyrate seller, butyrate, butyrate dealer. Yeah, it smells horrible. By the yeah, way, it does. It, real. it smells I, awful. But you know what I mean. It works. I've it had does. so many people like say yeah. how good they feel, and they love you know, it. We have to. We have to understand that with the gut being so connected to the skin. Yeah, that's something that we often hear too. Is like, oh, I'm having you know these skin issues, and then when we talk about the gut, people are like, really? And you're like, yes, really. And even with die off, sometimes mm -hmm. we can start to see that through the skin, and it's like, of course, because we're doing so much yeah. with the gut right now and shifting things around and adapting, and you're going to see that through the skin sometimes. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's the the researchers said that the skin barrier was fortified against allergens. They mm -hmm. used house house dust mite allergens that would normally penetrate the skin barrier and activate the immune system, i.e. raising inflammation, and start this allergic reaction. And what it found out was that, I thought this was interesting, it turns out the immune system was secondary to the skin barrier function. So the pathway isn't necessarily, it's secondarily, but not primarily, it wasn't the, the modulation of the immune system, it was actually the butyrate and the fermentable fibers, mm -hmm. which make butyrate, mm -hmm. actually improved skin function. Skin yeah. barrier function, which is really interesting. Megan, what do you, any other thoughts? My big thought is, you guys know I'm an animal lover. I was really excited for this study because it didn't end with the mice becoming morbidly obese or developing cardiovascular <laughs> disease. Yeah. Say no to diabetic mice. That's <laughs> just wrong. not diabetic mice. I was like, oh, these mice had Are you going to adopt mice too? I'm going to adopt these mice. Okay. Can I adopt these mice with their beautiful skin and yeah. helpful with their allergies? It's it. called Monash right after this. Uh, send your mice here. Yeah. All right. Next study. Okay. I love this one. So <laughs> this is a study. It, it's titled Association of Sugar Sweetened, Artificially Sweetened, and Unsweetened Coffee Consumption with All-Cause and Cause-Specific Mortality. Okay. So researchers from Southern Medical University in China looked at data on coffee habits and health from over 171,000 UK residents who didn't have cancer or heart disease at the start of the study over a period of seven years. Previously, evidence has suggested coffee drinkers live longer. The researchers in China aimed to test whether that was true, even when people add sugar to their daily coffee brew. They found that people who drank regularly, if they regularly drank unsweetened coffee, they were 16 to 21% 
less likely to die during the study than their peers who didn't drink coffee. Study participants who drank between one and four cups of lightly sweetened coffee per day were 29 to 31% less likely to die during the study according to the data. So what do you guys think this about is this? A really, this is a really big deal in our office because we have an <laughs> ongoing is. war of how to drink your coffee and oh, what is appropriate. And I'm, most of you are wrong. <laughs> I won't drink it black. I, I just, I don't want it. I don't want to drink it black. Some people use their coffee as just a vehicle for yes, creamer. It's and a that vehicle is, for flavoring and oh, creamers. Yeah, I just got a good one. I can't wait to try it. Brown sugar. <laughs> <laughs> it's oat milk. They're not the worst ingredients. Look, truly. I, okay, it did have. It was made with coconut oil, uh-huh. so I, I do appreciate coconut that. oil. There, there weren't we any bad plant I've oils. Or yeah, like, you they look at the ingredients. Pot- I do. You got it. Listen. I do. It had some sugar. Yeah. Then we then we have hardcore Megan over here, who's like strong black coffee, preferably espresso <laughs> that's been like triple brewed and is as dark as my yes. soul. <laughs> and I'm the in between. I'm the in between. I don't like my coffee sweetened, but I do like a little creamer, a little bit of oat yeah. milk or plant based milk, something like that. But you know, this is great news, right? Yeah. I, I'm with Megan on this. I just like it black. Uh-huh. And, or uh, you know, I love tea, so I'll, I'll be say, drinking. Give me a nice tea, and I'm also set. Did you bring up that the outcomes were less clear with artificial sweeteners, though? Yes. So like yeah. Holly Thank does, you, you got to check oh, the yeah. type of sweetener you're putting in. Yes. Natural sweeteners, yeah. like a little bit of brown sugar, yeah. a little bit of maybe like, you know, So, cane yeah, sugar. basically, just like Megan said, like that was not clear that artificial sweeteners were actually <laughs> not seen. They were did not see the similar results as yep. the rest of the people. Mm, interesting. So yeah. it's a little bit, no, we have our opinions on that. I don't think it's necessarily... Great for people to be on those artificial sweeteners long term. You know, I'm not yeah. saying here and there it could may, maybe yeah. be fine for some people, but participants, for people that are wondering, participants added about a teaspoon of sugar per okay. cup on average, which is much, much less than the amount of sweetener that typically goes in prepared or blended coffee drinks. So mm-hmm. don't be True. thinking yeah. that your frappuccino <laughs> yeah. with a six pumps, is, seven yeah. pumps, yeah. eight pumps. You're of better off sweetening, sweetening yourself. yourself. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And you can get. Z- you can get stevia. I was going to say yeah. Zevia. Yeah. You can get stevia or stevia. You can get monk fruit. You can get xylitol so, in yeah. small amounts. Yeah. I like these natural low-carb sweeteners anyways. Yeah. Or honey or yeah. maple mm-hmm. syrup or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. I love the story. We love coffee, though. We all love yes. coffee. We can all agree on that. <laughs> What's your favorite type of coffee? Like the brand. Do you have a favorite brand? Oh, yeah. Blue Bottle all the way. Oh, yes, Blue Bottle. Blue Bottle is delicious. Because those are not organic. No. So. Okay. Yeah, mine's I like either. Yeah. Purity and Keon. Purity and Keon. Okay. Those are good. I'm not shaming you. I'm just saying. Like, yeah, they have organic I, options, though. Oh, they do? Yeah, they have. I buy the organic one. Okay. Yeah, but I also... I, but when you go to the store, just, uh, when you go to the actual Blue Bottle cafes, they don't have organic, do they? Um, but you know what? Blue Bottle is in Whole Foods, I guess. It is. Not yeah, that that I makes it organic, it but foods, I, I, yeah. I didn't realize they had a well, bigger line. We don't really line. have one around here, so I have to order it anyways. But yeah, Blue Ball is good. But I like Purity is really Purity's good, too. Purity great. Keon's um, awesome, too. Yeah. And we have to give a shout out to oh, our friend yes. Dave Asprey. Has oh, a new Danger. Danger we Coffee. We were sucking oh. down those coffees <laughs> at the Biohacking <laughs> Conference. <laughs> they were so good. That is some of the yeah. best coffee I've ever had. Yeah, so Dave Asprey, who started Bulletproof, has now started Danger yeah. Coffee. Check out Danger. It's third-party awesome. tested for mold as well, because yeah. coffee is a high mold crop. Can be. Mm-hmm. So, all yeah. right. Anybody else? No. That was it. That's it. Paul's, what is it? Dunkin' Donuts? Oh my gosh, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> absolutely not. 
not. No, it's commonplace. Yeah, it's commonplace. <laughs> a local coffee shop. I mean, I love it. Holly loves the experience. Yeah, I do. I'm all, all about all the it. coffee shop vibes. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to. I mean, I will drink Starbucks, obvi, but like, I just want a local coffee shop. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. You're a you're good for you. Quintessential (laughs) basic white girl in any way. Can you just a leaf in my coffee, please? We need (laughs) a local mold free coffee shop. How about that? Yes, some people could start one. We could start one. I'm just saying. Dave Asprey, reach out. We'll have that danger coffee. I'll text him after. But you guys, there's some people in the clinic that Let's just be honest here that we work in a functional medicine clinic, but the first day that dang PSL comes out at Starbucks, there are people <laughs> that will Uber eat that crap yes. and bring we, it into my clinic. We yes. get it day Listen. one. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I partake. No, do you know you, the date that it's coming? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So look, August you guys 27th. think we're you guys think we're some puritanical <laughs> zealots? No. no. We have no. flaws. We have flaws. I like flaws. that PSL. Yeah. Anyways. It's called balance. It's called food peace, <laughs> baby. Balance. Yep. Food peace. All right. Anything else? We no, good? All right. It. Sing you... us out. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, give us a number. <laughs> Sing it. Uh, if you guys want to learn more about the clinical work, the telehealth center, the books, there's lots of stuff. DrWillCole.com. And don't forget, rate and review The Art of Being Well. We'll be giving away free books. Talk to you next time. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back every Monday and Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon.